The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Brutal Nation and part two, our second day of the special Halloween episodes. As always, I'm your host, the spooky Scott Alexander. And right across from me is the one and the only, the real-life Sasquatch Tammy. Ah! Run for your life! It's a big food! Say hi. Hi. Are you done? Say it in your native language. Hi, everybody. Say it in your native native Shut language. Up. That is my native tongue. No, your native tongue, when you say hi to me, is... Because you wake me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, as promised, we are going to give you... More and more and more. What we're going to do today is Tammy's going to start off. We all both got stories for you. There's going to be like four in total. Yeah. two. Sh- each of us have two short snippets. Right. Of ones that's, now, for mine, there wasn't a... Once again, I find my shit in the weirdest places. And yeah. uh, uh, like my first one, uh, the information was all there, but it's still redundant. Mm-hmm. And then my second one being out of uh, Europe... Um, there just wasn't very much. Yeah. Well, see, and that's just the thing is the two case, one of them is, of mine is actually a serial killing case, a group serial killer. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, they were a group who had committed a bunch of serial killings in Korea, but there wasn't enough on them that I could have done a whole new episode. I want to get a fire pit for outside and have you and I do our, do research on just ones that don't have a lot of information, Mm -hmm. have your friends over, have my friends come over. We all sit around and we trade stories back and forth. Yeah, and then people Ghost will stories. hate us forever. Oh, yeah. Cause... <laughs> all right, <laughs> Sam, yeah. it's all you. Okay, well, mine kind of have a theme. Um, and I didn't realize this until you mentioned it the last episode, but we've kind of been hitting on a lot of cannibals lately. Oh, yeah. And I have two cannibal stories. Um, the first one is out of South Korea. Uh, it's the Chaijon family. Uh, they consisted of seven South Koreans who had no relationship with each other. Um, five men and one woman heard 27-year-old Kim Kwan's message of hate and chose to follow him. He was an ex-convict with a chip on his shoulder when it came to society's elite. He had such an immense hatred for the of affluent members of society that he vowed to do everything he could to bring them down. Um, over time, he was able to gather the six other members to join him on his mission, um, which included five men and one female member of the group. Um, and they were all former convicts or unemployed. And before he met them, they too had begun to hate those around them that had money. Therefore, when he approached them with his ideology, they bought it hook, line and sinker. They were like, you know what? We agree. Once the family of seven came together, they had one goal in mind. Find a way to inflict as much harm on those who had money as they could. You'd be screwed. I'd be so fucked. Yeah. Anyways, in 1993, when he brought the members of the family together, he, uh, when Kiwan brought the members of the family together, he called the gang the Mescon. They quickly became a notorious gang terrorizing Seoul's affluent community, and they dedicated themselves to abducting and murdering anyone they could find that had any sort of wealth. They managed to do just that in an unspeakable way. 
The Mexican wasn't specific in the criteria they used to qualify a victim. The people they hunted could have, ha- could have a fancy car, expensive jewelry, high-end clothes, or anyone the gang felt was living a lifestyle better than their own. See, that's jacked up. Yeah. And you hear about that here in the U.S., too, where people go, it's not fair this person has this money. Well, you know what? A lot of us have had to bust our ass for what the fuck we have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Some of us weren't born with a silver spoon in your mouth, so take that chip off your shoulder there, peckerhead. Yeah. Well, and pretty much every citizen of Seoul was fair game for the members to abduct and torture. Uh, they didn't earn the moniker the Chaijan family until after they were arrested. Then what does Taijan mean? I don't know what Taijan means. It's just some name that they gave them. Oh, but okay. I'll get into what Mescon means here in a minute. Oh, cool, cool. Once the gang chose their target, they would abduct them and contact the victim's family to ask for a ransom. All of their ransom demands were paid, but none of the victims were released. They were all tortured and murdered. In one instance, the gang collected a ransom of 100,000 won. From the victim's family? Not of 100,002. Shut up. <laughs> After receiving the funds, they killed the person anyhow and ate parts of his body. Yummy. Yeah. As you're eating a hamburger. While I'm over here eating a burger. Yeah. Each member of the family took great pleasure in torturing their victims. As soon as they received the ransom demand, they grew bored with the torture. When that happened, they would murder the victim and burn the body. However, uh... It didn't stop there. The gang members cut off a portion of the victim's body and ate it in a cannibalistic ritual. Now, Kiwan named the gang Mescan because he said it was a Greek word that means courage. He told them that if they ate the flesh of their victims, it would give them the courage to continue their quest. I don't think that's Greek for courage. I was going to say, however, there's one thing you should know. None of the Greek words for courage come close to the word Mescan. I didn't think they did. I don't, I don't really speak Greek. Yeah. But I've heard but, enough of it to understand. Yeah, but as a matter of fact, I couldn't find the word mescon anywhere in the Greek vocabulary. However, I did find it in the slang dictionary. It's used to describe someone who is vain and lacks depth. In other words, his way of life and all his actions are for nothing. Makes you wonder, huh? <laughs> That's a perfect name for him. Yeah. So, the gang had a run of successful missions. They managed to kidnap wealthy members of society, collect a ransom, kill their victims, and eat the victims' flesh. They even managed to strike fear in the city of Seoul. However, they wanted to find a way to make sure they were even more successful. They didn't want to make a mistake by kidnapping someone who didn't have wealth. That's when they managed to get the their most dangerous weapon. They bought the mailing list for Seoul's elite Hyundai department store from a disgruntled employee. This list had the names of 1,200 of the most elite customers the store had that paid with credit cards. They utilized this list to select their next victims. Um, The gang members had a cabin they used to hold their victims. At this cabin, they also had an incinerator that they used to dispose of the bodies and any incriminating evidence. This means they would have probably kept getting away with their horrific acts if one of their victims hadn't managed to escape. Um, in September of 1994, the gang abducted their next victim. Uh, after they abducted her, they took her back to their cabin and began their rituals. They fully intended to have this victim meet the same horrific fate of all their previous victims. The woman's terror began when she was brutally gang-raped by the members of the Chaijan family. However, that was just the beginning of the trauma that she was forced to endure. After she was gang-raped, the members forced her to participate in two murders. The first one, they made her shoot a victim in the head. 
And the second time, they forced her to hold another victim down as she was being suffocated. However, by some stroke of fate, or perhaps it was a true miracle, the woman managed to escape. Because on September 16th, um, one of the gang members had to go to the hospital after receiving an injury. Uh, The group had been practicing how to throw dynamite. And one of them was burned in the process. They what? They, that's some old 1980s yeah. video game shit going on yeah. right there. What the fuck? They took what year was this? 1980, 1994. They, oh, my God. So, yeah, yeah they, they, they were playing 1980s mm. video games. That's what the fuck that was. Hey, you are throwing dynamite. I see yeah. that in a Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, one of them was burned quite bad in the process. So he took the woman with him. When he go, went to go get treated for his injuries, because he had grown to trust her. While he was being seen by the doctors, he left her with 500,000 won in his, you know, cash and a cell phone. When she was alone, she took that opportunity to escape. She left the hospital and took a taxi to a remote vineyard. When she was there, she called for a rental car. And she took the rental car to Dijon. And from there, she took another taxi into Seoul. And... Even when she was in Seoul, she was still too frightened to go to the authorities. So she decided to hide out in a motel. While she was there, she called a friend of hers that went to the police for her. He filed a report with the Socho um, police station and then convinced her to go in herself. When she finally went down and told the authorities what happened to her, they didn't think she was telling the truth. They thought she was just another drug addict making a false allegation. After they questioned her a little bit and checked her arms for track marks, of which there were none, they began to actually listen to her. That's also when the chief investigator realized that she was telling them about the missing married couple. The couple's disappearance had not been released to the public yet, so there's no way she could have known about them if she wasn't there. So that's when they launched an investigation. After the women escaped, the women escaped, the gang members kept an eye on the local authorities when they didn't see any immediate action being taken against them, they assumed the woman had not filed a report. Little did they know that the police were actually tracing the cell phone of one of the gang members. When they found the location of the phone, it matched where the victim said they had taken her. On September 17, 1994, during the early morning hours, the Socho police went to uh, Jiangsu to confer with the police there. And they staked out the apartment of one of the members and were able to arrest him on September 19th when he arrived driving his pickup truck. Once he was in custody, they called the rest of the gang members. The police called the rest of the gang members. Check this out. This was ingenious. To get the gang to come to them, they claimed that they were calling from the hospital and that this guy had been in a horrible accident. (laughs) The six remaining members rushed down to find out what was going on with their friend only (laughs) only to be arrested themselves. The members of the Chidon family were put on trial on November 1st, 1994, and they were found guilty for the murder of five victims. One of the members admitted during his interrogation that he ate pieces of the victims' dismembered bodies. However, the world soon learned that he wasn't the only one to participate in that ritual. After the gang members were arrested and all through the trial and conviction process, they never once expressed an ounce of remorse. They seemed proud of their actions and made it that clear in any statements they made to the public and the courts that they actually did have one regret ah i lost okay there we go (laughs) they actually had one regret that was not having the opportunity to abduct torture murder and consume more victims those were the only things that gave this ruthless gang any satisfaction it gave their lives fulfillment 
In other words, they lived up to the name Mescan in the true sense of the slang word. Nice. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's an interesting progression. Yeah. To go from, hey, I'm just an ex-con to eating people. I understand yeah. the torturing and everything. I just don't understand the eating people. Yeah, it was his. He told them that that was a way for them to get the courage they needed. And they fell for that shit. That's what gets yeah. me. That's well, and the fact that they fell for the name be- meaning courage anyways, you know? I have guess you just come up with any name and make it say it's Greek and have you it means not whatever. Have you seen stupid white people putting Chinese characters or Japanese characters on themselves? This, like, okay, my brother Phil. Oh, dear God. He's got on the back of his arm, like back here, um, some Chinese writing. Okay? And uh, this was just after I had learned to speak Chinese. And he goes... It means, uh, so I can't remember what it, what it was. Uh, it was something like powerful one or something like that. And I got the reading. I think that means man who lays under a tree. And that's what it meant. Man who lays under a tree. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, good job, dude. Good, good fucking job. job. Yeah. All right, my turn. Your turn. Have, now, have, we've all seen the movie The Mummy, right? Yeah. Like the classic and the one with Brandon Frazier, right? Yeah. I titled this one here, I Love My Mummy. This is a story. Imhotep. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to love this one. This is a story of a man by the name of Carl Tanzler. So Carl was born in Germany on February 18th. of. I think I put the wrong fucking date because it wasn't 1977. That's probably 1957. He was old as shit. Or sooner, probably 37. Anyway. Who knows? That's what I get for not editing my shit, right? So through his travels, uh, and after World War I, he moved to Florida. And he found work at the Marine Hospital as a radiology tech. After a visit to Italy, he said that it, it, he had a dream, and, uh, and one of his ancestors came to his dream and revealed who his true love is. He was born in 1877. That was 18, okay. Let mm-hmm. me edit that because... yeah. I knew I fucked up when I saw 1977. I'm all, dude, he's way older than me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm from 73. I know. 19, not 1873. Yeah, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> so his, his uh, ancestor, because now I lost my spot, but I know what I wrote, um, had come to him while he was on this trip in, in Italy and, uh, and said, this is who your true love is. In a dream, right? In a dream. Okay. Okay. So... By this time, though, Carl, uh, he'd already been married. He has two kids, and one died of diphtheria. Okay? Okay. Um, So now he he moves away from his wife. That's all said and done, right? Yeah. And he moves to the Florida Keys, and he starts working as a radiology tech. Okay. So one day a patient comes in, and it's a young lady by the name of Elena, which means Helen, apparently. They called her Helen. uh, Malagro de Hoyas. Um, and Carl immediately falls in love with her. And uh, she was what he had seen in her dream, right? In his dream, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know. Uh, okay, I already said that. Duh. Uh. We all right. So she's a beautiful Cuban woman. She's got long, dark hair and dark eyes. She's just gorgeous. And everybody in the Florida Keys who's ever seen her just says, this woman is drop dead gorgeous. The kind of gorgeous to where I wouldn't even fucking like approach her. That's how gorgeous she is. Is there such a thing? 
oh yeah, like there's some women that you look at and you go, mm, that's out of my range. <laughs> I'm good, but that chick there. I mean, I can't see you doing that to anybody. I don't know. It, it, it's, I'm just it's happened. It's happened. I've been surprised when a few of them have come to me, so you know, and asked me out, and I'm going, "What the fuck are you thinking?" Okay, you're retarded. Great, that's fantastic. <laughs> come on, dipshit, let's go get some drinks because fuck. <laughs> so Elena was diagnosed with tuberculosis, which at the time was fatal. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got TB. You're done. Done. Um, Eleanor was married at the time, but her husband left her shortly after she miscarried the couple's kid. So she okay. had a miscarriage, and she, then she got the tuberculosis. So Carl's much older than Eleanor, because Eleanor's like in her 20s, and Carl's like, I don't know, like 8 million years old. Right. I saw the pictures of him. He looks like, he really looks like Sigmund Freud. Yeah, I saw the pictures of him too. Yeah, I expected him at any moment in that picture. Like, the reason why I am in love with this woman is because of, uh, you know, I have daughter issues. <laughs> because everything with Freud revolves around wanting to have sex with somebody in yeah. your family. Yeah, pretty much. Anywho, he offered to treat uh, Elena at her home. Um, he claimed to have extensive med- medical knowledge and treated Elena with several different medications as well as radiation and other electrical equipment that he brought to her home so she could be comfortable. And sadly, at a young age, Elena did die from the tuberculosis. Uh, and Carl's totally devastated, right? Just devastated by her death. This is the woman of her dream, right. of his dreams. I'm going to light a cigarette. Of course you are. I can't do anything without smoking or masturbating. Well, thank God you're not doing the, the ladder. Former I can do both. Ladder, whatever. I can do both at the same the time. The second one. I'm fucking talented like that. I don't even want to know. <laughs> So anyway, he was so hurt by, by Elena's death, he paid for the entire funeral, and he asked permission to have, her, uh, have a mausoleum built for her. Okay. And he'd go there almost every night to visit her, uh, in, her in her house that he had made of stone, is what I put. So I yeah. thought that was patriotic. That sounded really good in my head. Didn't come out of my mouth that eloquent. Yeah. So let's, try, let's try that one again. He would go to her every night to visit her house, her house made of stone. There you go. That was a little bit more elegant. Not much. Not much, but okay. (laughs) You tried. So I guess his grief only grew because in April 1933, that's a correct year, not 73. I believe you. He broke into the mausoleum and took her body home, wheeling it out in a toy wagon. Okay. His little red flyer. I can see him now. That's what I was picturing, too. He's got a little striped shirt on. You know, he's wearing some, some Chuck little, Taylors. His... Maybe some little boy shorts and everything like that. Like Stand By Me? Yeah, kind of. That's the, that's the picture that I get. Um, so he later said that Elena's spirit would uh, come to him as he was visiting her grave. Okay. And was begging him to take her out of the grave. And he would serenade her with the, her favorite Spanish song. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's kind of romantic, you know. Kind kind of in a morbid way. Yeah. In a disgustingly morbid way. So here's where it's going to get gross. Bear with me. Because it always does with a mummy. Yeah, always with you too. But go ahead. Yeah, that's true. But you know, it never gets gross. Cat women outfits. I hate you. So, anyways, the skin began to rot. 
Tansler replaced it with, with uh, silk that had been soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. Um, he held her bones together with piano wire, uh, and as her scalp began to decompose, he made a wig using her own hair. So at least he was crafty. I bet you he spent. A, I bet you if he was alive today, he would go to Michael's Crafts every day. Sick fucker. I can see him making you know little 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 heart wreaths and everything like that. I love that one. Scrapbooking. Scrapbooking. You know, doing things like watching Martha Stewart going, look, making I made a decoupage. Make a decoupage. <laughs> I took a turkey carcass and I made it into a bald eagle. See this? This is amazing. <laughs> That's like the Thanksgiving episode of Saturday Night Live. Remember that? <laughs> I don't. Oh. <laughs> he filled her body with uh, with rags, by the way, to, so that she kept her like original form. Okay. You know, very meticulous about this. Um, he also adorned her with jewelries, uh, with jewelry and dresses. And dressed her up in, you know, stockings and, and everything wow. like that. He slept with her in his bed. That's kind of a given, right? Oh, yeah. And he used a lot of disinfectants and perfumes and cleaning agents to mask the smell of her rotting body and to help her not decompose quite as fast. Yeah, I guess that's before embalming, huh? I would, th- well, yeah, I think even with embal- embalming doesn't keep you from rotting. It just no. slows it. yeah. Ugh. Yeah, gross. I couldn't imagine sleeping next to a decaying carcass. So all good things must come to an end. And this love affair would not last forever. Yeah. In October, on, in, on October 40, in October of 1940, seven years after Elena's body had been taken to Carl's home to be his, to be his, Elena's sister, Florinda, started hearing rumors that Carl had been uh, sleeping with the body of her dead sister. Florinda went to Carl's home and confronted him, and later on, uh, and later on, that's where Elena's body was discovered after Florinda went to the police to report the crime. It was even rumored that he had been seen dancing with her in front of open windows. I have no words. I just love that look on your face. You yeah. kind of look like a mean bullfrog. No, it's when I'm thinking that, and I have no words because I'll just throw up a little bit in my mouth. Just dancing in the night. <laughs> no. What if they're doing the two-step? <laughs> Not probably a nice waltz. I was going to say it was probably a Venetian waltz. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't think that he's a two-stepping kind of guy. Nah. Yeah. Goose-stepping maybe, but not two-stepping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. That's that was awesome. That was one of your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming closer and closer to the dark side. No, you realize I, that, I am you? ashamed of myself. Ah, so was I at first, but you get used to it. <laughs> so the police came in and they arrested Carl and carted him off to jail. He was given a psychiatric evaluation and he was being very sane and able to stand trial for his actions. The charges were wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. That okay. makes sense because that is exactly what he fucking did. Yeah. Even though, you know, technically he paid for the mausoleum. But still. But yeah. But you got to pay extra for the body apparently mm-hmm. in Thailand. The charges were dropped, however, because the statute of limitations for the crime had expired. Oh. Much like his girlfriend. <laughs> you like that one? No. That was horrible. As a side note. Side note. Side note. 
When Elena's body was re-examined, they found a tube that had been inserted into her vagina to allow intercourse. You had to have seen that one coming. I did, but... I bet you, I bet you he felt that one coming. Disgusting. I'm, I think I am going to throw up. You see, true love never dies. It just becomes a mummy for a big daddy. I love grossing you out so much. This is the perfect time of year to do it. And I'm so glad that I did this story. Well, no, this story is going to, my next story is going to gross you out. It's cannibals. I'm getting pretty fucking used to it. Like, no, I could eat, I can eat steak tartare right now. And you can talk about cannibals. I'd be like, yeah, we fucking, we do cannibals. Well, no problem. Well, it'll make you know why you don't eat one certain food. All right, lay it on me. Um, okay, this one is two brothers out of Pakistan. Oh, Pakistani. Yeah. Muhammad Arif Ali. There's a, 30, a shocker. Huh? There's a shocker for a name. Right. A 35-year-old resident of Pakistan, along with his 30-year-old brother, Muhammad Farman Ali, were arrested twice for the same crime. <laughs> Two Muhammads, one crime. Two Muhammad Ali's, one crime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The brothers were arrested for the first time in 2011 when the pair stole the head from the grave of a dead woman. The head belonged to a 24-year-old Sarah Parveen who had previously died of throat cancer. The day after her family buried her, they went back to the gravesite. Upon arriving, they noticed some of the dirt had caved in on the grave and so they dug up the grave only to discover with horror that her body was no longer there. Um, once they notified the authorities, an investigation was launched and police followed up on leads that led them straight to the home of the Ali brothers. Um, what they saw would turn even the strongest of stomachs inside the home. They discovered sections of the woman's body boiling in a pot on the stove. I bet you they busted right in and said, you're under arrest. Actually, what they said is... Scott! What? When the authorities apprehended Ari and Farman, I'm going to hit you, they quickly admitted they had dug up well over 100 graves in their lifetime. Holy shit. Their purpose for desecrating the grave sites was so that they could make curry stew from the deceased corpses. See, I hate curry and boys and girls. There's another fucking reason. I know. Right I, said, I told you there'd be another reason why another I didn't eat Another reason why food. I hate curry. That just topped yeah. it off. Since Pakistan law does not prohibit cannibalism, the b- brothers get the could, fuck out. It oh, doesn't. Yeah, the brothers could only be charged with the desecration of a grave. For that, they were sentenced to two years in prison. Oh, hold on, hold on. I would think in a place like Pakistan, that's in the United Arab uh, Arab Nations. A- yeah, Arab Nations, uh, a- Arab Emirates. Yeah, is that what it is? I I, I didn't uh, seriously. I'm not trying to piss anybody off with that one. I just I can't remember how it is. You would think when you have things like religious police and, and you know, and things right. like that, that, you know, like comedy shows, you can't do singing and dancing. They're like, no, that's not going to happen. Cannibalism? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Y'all need to change some of your fucking laws because, hey, I, I respect your religion. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. But you would think that on the top 10 list of things not to do would be eating people. Yeah, well, especially when you consider those, that's the area where Jeff Dunham can't even say uh, Ahmed the dead terrorist because it's illegal. But I can't. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I'm going to hit you. So after they spent their time in prison, um, once they re- 
they spent their time in prison. Once they were released, their lives went back to business as usual. They moved back to Darya Khan, which is located in Bakar district of Punjab. <laughs> Shut up. I love it when people t- tell me that one. The two Punjab. brothers tried to keep a low pri- profile <laughs> as they resumed their eating habits. However, it didn't take long for their neighbors to file complaints against them. They d- couldn't help but notice the horrible stench emanating from the house of the cannibals. I suppose. That's curry in general. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I like some curry. I fucking can't stand it, honestly. Yeah. Apparently, serving two years in prison wasn't enough to get the Ali brothers to change their eating habits. Arif and Farman were arrested again in 2014, this time when they responded to the complaints of the neighbors. The authorities found something even more disturbing. They raided the house to find the severed head of a three-year-old boy in their kitchen. Arif and Farman were trying to make another curry stew from the corpse of the toddler. This time, the two of them were sentenced to 12 years in prison. Prior to the brothers being arrested the second time, the practice of cannibalism still was not illegal in Pakistan. There were no laws on the books forbidding a person from digging graves for the purpose of consuming the flesh of a human being. However, there was tremendous outrage among the Pakistani citizens. You think? Right. They were appalled that the law didn't protect their loved ones from being turned into dinner once they were dead and buried. I got to agree with them. Like, yeah, seriously. me too. Following the Ali brothers' second arrest, two bills have been submitted to the National Assembly in Pakistan. The first one stipulates that an individual spend a minimum of seven years in prison if they're caught consuming human flesh. The second one states that if an individual exhumes a human corpse for the purpose of cooking, selling, or using it for magical purposes, they will be arrested. Stop right there. (laughs) should not be illegal to dig somebody up to use them for magical purposes. Just don't eat them. Why? There's bacteria, and that's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Not only will that person be arrested, but they will also face a prison sentence of 10 years to life. As of 2020, these bills had not been passed yet. So, Arif and Farman Ali have not told anyone what drove them to begin eating the flesh of humans. Many speculate that since their wives left them several years prior... For probably for eating fucking people. <laughs> they fell into a depression. Depression, nothing. Yeah. They were eating people. Their wives said, I'm out of here. Well, uh-huh. actually, what they said, blah, 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 and they fucking left. They didn't say adios, bitch, nachos. No, of course not. They're in Pakistan. They went, blah, 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 bitch nachos, and they left. <laughs> Shut up, I hate you. The two of them moved into a house together and isolated themselves from society. They chose to have little to no interaction with other humans, well, living humans, that is. Sources indicate that indicate it was Arif's idea to start a diet of cannibalism, and Farman just went along with his brother's suggestions. Now, there are other speculations on their reasons. One of them points a finger at an unnamed sorcerer who helped the brothers begin their cannibalistic efforts. According to some sources, the sorcerer had been caught several years prior to the brothers digging up graves and the brothers were known associates of this unnamed man. And the reason why this speculation is out there is because of something Farman said in one of the interrogations. He stated that he often attempted to cast spells on those around him he said that for those spells to have any effect, the two of them had to consume the flesh of humans. Okay, no, it makes sense, but yeah, I've never heard of a spell like that, but okay. Me neither. Despite the brothers freely admitting to what they had done, there are members of their family that swear they are innocent. 
One of their uncles was interviewed by BBC, and the reporter asked him about his nephew's crimes. The uncle said, and I'm quoting, they are just victims of their neighbor's jealousy. <laughs> I guess there's something to be said for denial, huh? No, sh- that's, uh, okay, okay, jackass. It's not jealousy. They're victims of digging up bodies, and their neighbors going, mm, that fucking stinks. Like, yeah. curry smells bad enough, and now you got dead bodies in curry. Which is kind of like double dead body. Double dead body. That's disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, we may never know why they did what they did. Uh, were they just mentally ill? Were they in control of their faculties and consumed the flesh of humans out of some disturbingly deviant desires? Either way, they are still in prison. And reports indicate that they are refusing to eat the food served by prison officials. Good. Let them die. Because they're not human, I guess. That's just gross. Yeah, I love I love curry. I mean, not yeah. all curry, but there are some curries that I really like. Like this one Thai place in town, town I live in, so, has a really good pumpkin curry. Delicious, but now I don't think I'll eat it. Yeah, I actually got into a fight with one of my ex-wives over curry. Yeah, that's like not really something you should fight about. But I didn't think so either. So here's the story, and then I'll go on with mine. So she kept telling me about this dish called butter chicken. Okay. And she says, hot. And I'm thinking, it's butter and chicken. Okay. It's going to be spicy. Cool. What she didn't tell me is that it's a curry dish. Okay. And honestly, God, I did try. I ate about four bites. I'm sorry. I can't. I just really don't like curry. And that's how the fight started. Wow. Yeah. Over stupid fucking shit. I tend not to fight over stupid shit, but there you go. I know, huh? All right, boys and girls, it's my turn. It's your turn. Let's give a little talk to Mik- about Mikhail Popkov, a.k.a. the werewolf. I can remember Ow. his name. A.k.a. the maniac of Agarsk. Let me see if I can read what the fuck I wrote. And I'm not even drunk. Yeah. As I sit and wait by the light of the moon, I know that my prey will be coming soon. I will let you run, nor uh, I won't let you run, nor can you hide. In your flesh, my teeth will slide. J.S. Alexander. Boom! You made that up yourselves? I did. Yourselves? Yeah, me and the voices in my head. It was fantastic. Yeah. So Popoff was born, Popkoff was born, uh, March 7th of 1964 in Adgarsk, Serbia. And it was said that he was responsible for up to 28 women being killed by his hands. The pure brutality of the murders is something akin to a horror movie. Mikhail worked as a, uh, for the police department. His wife also worked there as well. Uh, and I'm not sure what she did for the police department, but he was a cop. Okay. And, but he didn't get features on cops or anything. They, he didn't didn't go, get, they didn't go bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do when Popov comes for you? Nothing like that. It was, it's oh, sad. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So anyway, later on he became a security guard. For what reason? I have no fucking idea. Um, <laughs> uh, but his wife kept working for the cop shop. Okay. The reason for why he killed women varies. I've read from some sources that he thought that his wife was cheating on him. And others... Uh, is that he was, oh, and that he was looking for a woman that fit her description. Okay. And killed them instead of killing his wife. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
And I've also read that some of his victims re- resembled his mother, who was an alcoholic and abusive, and he's, he, he was killing her over and over again. Which makes sense, too. Right. So both kind of make sense in a way, but I couldn't verify either one. So there you go. Mikhail would dress up in his police uniform and lure women into his car with the promise of a free ride to where they needed to go. It was there that he'd rape and kill them. <coughs> variety is the spice of life, and Mikhail is no different. He enjoyed killing women in a variety of ways by using baseball bats, screwdrivers, axes, hammers, clubs, you name it. Everything is wow. fair game. <coughs> I need to drink a water before I die. I'm not drinking enough water. You're not. Mm-mm. Yeah, sort of. All right, where the fuck am I? He'd mutilate the body so much that the media gave him the name the werewolf, and the and the uh, Angarsk maniac or maniac of Angarsk. Wow. In the mid to late 90s, the Russian police were desperately trying to track down the killer of, this, of these women, right? But even though Mikhail had, had a few of his victims escape, he still eluded the police while working right next to him, right next to the same people that were trying to catch him. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously he can't be too stupid. He's a little crafty. Or he's lucky because Tua and Lucas, they're retarded and they were just lucky. Yeah, I was going to say, but he was a police officer, so, you know. Yeah, so he knew it was up. Something in my nose, too. Damn, I'm dying today. You are. So one of his victims managed to escape and positively identified him to the cops. However, Mikhail's wife, still working for the police department, provided an alibi for him, and the police chose to believe her over this victim. Oh, like, yeah. why would she lie to us? He's all, she's only married to him. <coughs> You gonna be all right? I gotta blow my nose, so talk about something. Oh, what do you want me to talk about? I mean, tissues right here in front of your face. Why do I always have to find everything for Let's you? Let's talk about your mom and the Catwoman outfit. Let us not and say we didn't, because that's just disgusting. I don't know. Do we have? Are you doing anything for thanks uh, Thanksgiving for Halloween this year? Going to any parties? Dressing up? You know, sacrificing a goat. Well, so, just your run-of-the-mill Saturday then, right? Nope, only once a year. Oh. <laughs> That's just wrong. Oh, I know. I'm not right in the head. You aren't. All right, give me two seconds, boys and girls. I'm so sorry about this, but seriously, my allergies all right. are killing me. Well, it's my own fault. I forgot to take an allergy I pill I was going to say, morning. you told me you forgot to take your allergy pill this yeah. morning. So I kind of fucked myself on that. Yeah. So, okay, back to the story, boys and girls. Hey, at least we didn't get on a long tangent like we normally do. I know. So, hey, feel, feel lucky for that. You guys are privileged we didn't get on a long tangent about anything. Mikhail's DNA was tested along with over 3,000 other cops, and he would finally be caught and arrested on June 23rd of 2012. Wow. So he operated a long time from the mid-90s. Yeah. All the way through, like, 20 years. Yeah. That's what I'm estimating. Pretty close, right? So he had been killing for about two decades. From the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Get that? I okay. was thinking. Leave me oh, alone. You gave me a look like that's not two decades. Like, yeah, no, yeah, it was. I was just thinking about something else. 
After he was caught, he confessed to 24 murders, but said that he stopped killing. Get this. You guys are going to love it. Here's the, cl- here, here's the clincher of it all. So he stopped killing when he became impotent and contracted syphilis. That's a good reason. <laughs> he was also dis- uh, discovered that he had had sex with his victims after they had died as well. Maybe that's how he got the syphilis. That's disgusting. And the police department dubbed him the Wednesday Killer. So there's another AKA for you, by the way. I saved that one for last. Why Wednesday? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Because that was the day they typically found the bodies was on a Wednesday. Oh, okay. And that is my werewolf. So I gave you a mummy and a werewolf. I know. Werewolves of London. Except he's not in London. He's in Russia. I was going to say, he was in Russia. Fine. Ow, werewolves of Serbia. Is that better? Okay. Not really, but okay. Okay. <laughs> you try. You tried. I tried. You tried. It may fail sometimes, but I do try. Yeah. All right. I hope that you guys, actually, we hope that you guys enjoyed our specials for the weekend. You guys have yourselves a safe uh, Halloween. Go out and have some fun, by the way, man. You know, go to a costume party for fuck's sake. Call up some friends. Go trick-or-treating as an adult. Yeah, no doubt, yo. It's not fair. It's not. That as an adult, if I go trick-or-treating, people go, get out of here, pervert, and put the child down. (laughs) Issues with that. Well, the sign said take one. I didn't know they meant the candy. So they had like five kids. I fucking ate you. I figured, huh? There's slave labor right there. I just grabbed one of them little motherfuckers. <laughs> then <Bye>. ran. <laughs> then ran. Didn't know that was illegal. Christ. I didn't know. You can't win, man. I know. All right, folks. Make sure you check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Click on that Amazon link because it really does help out the show. It doesn't cost you a penny more. You can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com check out uh, our blogs on medium and crime beat which is on medium uh what else uh hub pages and vocal media this show's copyrighted 2021 by twisted blue llc all rights reserved god this has been a fun weekend episode happy halloween everybody happy halloween my my ghouls and girlfriends Oh, my God. My goblins and ghouls? I don't know. Boils and ghouls. Oh, my God. Like the Crypt Keeper, like the crypt keeper oh, remember? Oh, yeah, the boy, the, yeah. yeah. Good evening, boy. Boils and ghouls. I actually watched Creep Show the other day, a couple of episodes. No, no, he wasn't on Creep Show. He was on Tales from the Crypt. Oh, you're right. My bad. And we need to bring that fucking show back, by the way. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, uh, Creep Show. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, before we end the show. I am a huge horror movie fan. I've said that a bajillion yeah. times. And on uh, oh, what service? I think it's Screenbox. I don't know. On one of them, Creep Show has two seasons. Of, I know. It's not the movies. It's the, they're, they're episodes, mm-hmm. and they're good. Mm-hmm. And they, I've been watching them. They do it like a almost like a better filmed version than of the movies. Mm-hmm. Those are freaking awesome. Yeah, where they do like the graphic novel cutouts. and Yeah. Yeah. I'm digging that. And guess what else is coming out on November 7th? What? Dexter. Get the fuck. The out. new season of Dexter yes. is coming out November 7th. I'm going to wait till it's all done so I can just binge watch it and get drunk. Yeah. 
that's my hobby right yeah there. that's it's gonna be hard for me to wait because i am so waiting i hope to god they freaking correct that last season they need to because all yeah. of us who are dexter fans want to murder like in the real time murder yeah the motherfuckers who did that to dexter. yeah just like us game of thrones fans wanted to go murder the creators of game of thrones when they did that to the last seasons of game of thrones i felt that same way about dexter i see i was screwed twice more Shut than up. that at your job <laughs> all right folks we will talk to you guys later have a happy halloween bye-bye bye everybody